Hey guys, I'm back. Hope everyone is keeping well and staying safe. I'm here with another episode and today I'm going to share with you the case of the convicted murderer Gregory Green. This case left me so shocked and confused but obviously that's very normal for a true crime podcast and today's case was actually sent to me by one of my best friends. I've been meaning to do it for a very long time. So Gregory Vincent Green was born in 1966 in Dearborn Heights, Wayne County, Michigan. And by the time he was 50 years old, he was pleading guilty to his second murder charge. In 1989, Gregory married a woman called Latonya Clayton. People called her Tonya for short. And she had two children from a previous relationship. Gregory and Tonya were married for a couple of years when their marriage started to break down in 1991. I couldn't find the actual reason for the breakdown of the relationship, but Tonya did tell a friend that Gregory's behaviour started to change and she was ready to leave him. On July 14, 1991, at 1.30am, 911 dispatchers received a phone call from Gregory who told them that he had just killed his wife. When the police turned up at the couple's address, they found Gregory waiting for them. He told the officers that he stabbed Tonya and they would find her body in the kitchen. Fortunately, Tonya's two older children were not harmed. However, Tonya was stabbed several times and she lost her life along with her unborn child. Tonya was six months pregnant at the time of the attack. Not only did Gregory murder his wife, but he also murdered his unborn child. Gregory was charged with second-degree murder and as he approached his fate, he decided he would plead insanity. The court ordered him to undergo a psychiatric assessment, but Gregory's plan didn't work and he was found fit to stand trial. Gregory pleaded no contest and was sentenced in 1992 to 15 to 25 years in prison. I haven't actually heard the term no contest in the UK before, But when I looked it up, it means that you do not admit guilt, but you admit the truth of the facts of the charge and information. So now we have Gregory in prison serving 15 to 25 years, which is equivalent to a life sentence here in the UK. Although there are exceptional crimes here in the UK, which may warrant a longer sentence. However, considering we're talking about the US, I'm actually surprised that Gregory received a minimum of 15 years. Whilst in prison, Gregory attempted to apply for parole on several occasions. He was denied parole twice in 2004 and twice in 2006. When it came time to face the parole board, Gregory never gave them an explanation for the murder and the board stated he continued to show no remorse for his actions. Now, Gregory didn't face the parole board with no plan or support. His mother would write letters to the board and he even had the support of civil rights activist, Pastor Fred Harris. Pastor Harris would visit Gregory in prison because he was heavily involved in prison reform, preaching to inmates and trying to get them back on the right path. Now I'm guessing during this time he believed he got to know Gregory quite well and their bond is probably what informed his decision to support Gregory's parole. In 2005, Pastor Harris wrote to the parole board stating Gregory and I were friends before his mishap and he was incarcerated. He was a member of our church. I feel he has paid for his unfortunate lack of self-control and the damage he has caused as much as possible and is sorry. In 2006, 
Pastor Harris wrote another letter to the parole board where he stated that Gregory was a devoted member of his church before the murder. Pastor Harris told the parole board he used a procedure called inner healing and deliverance where the ministry deals with characters such as Gregory by understanding their problems, their origins and how to correct them. During this procedure, Pastor Harris said he noticed a lot of growth with Gregory. If he were to be released, the church would be responsible for helping him to adjust. Now, that is a big promise for, to me, a non-professional to make. Like, you're not a probation officer, you're not a psychiatrist, you're not a doctor. Yes, you're a civil um, community leader and you're a pastor, but I'm like, he hasn't actually given an explanation as to why he committed that act. And to say that you're going to keep him on the right path, I don't know, that's just a really big responsibility. In 2008, Gregory went up for the parole board for the fifth time, but this time he was released. The parole board also noticed Gregory's record was clean. His reports read, excellent, good block reports, good past work history. And another said, he is respectful to staff and other prisoners. No minor conducts the report. Gregory stayed out of trouble whilst in prison and only received one ticket for fighting another inmate over the TV. Gregory was now a free man on parole and was taken under Pastor Harris's wing. What happened next struck me by surprise. Not only did Gregory create a bond with Pastor Harris, he also created a romantic bond with Pastor Harris's daughter. Gregory and Pastor Harris's daughter Faith Harris fell in love and got married in 2010 only two years after his release. Faith had two teenage children from a previous marriage, Chadney Allen Jr. age 19 and Cara Allen age 17. Gregory and Faith also had two daughters during their relationship called Keo Green age 5 and Kaylee Green aged 4. I don't know where everyone stands with prison reform. Do I believe some people can reform? Yes. Do people deserve a second chance if they're truly remorseful? Most of the time, yes. But we already heard that Gregory showed a lack of remorse for the murder of his first wife. And I don't know how that changed in 2008. Like what convinced the board to actually go ahead and release him when they denied him four times before? This is the part of the case where you start getting that uneasy feeling. Like something doesn't sit right here. Something doesn't feel right. That is probably your intuition and you're not wrong because Gregory and Faith's relationship started to break down just like his relationship with Tonya. In 2013, Faith filed for divorce and a restraining order. She stated, he's trying to make me leave our home while filing for divorce. He's being belligerent, kicking things. He kicked the couch while the baby was sleeping on it. He's just kicking things, threatening me and saying if I don't leave, things are going to get ugly he jumped at me like he was going to attack this went on for four hours but she changed her mind about the divorce and the judge denied a protective order i believe due to lack of evidence and the fact that she had never filed a police complaint against gregory with detroit police according to reports faith stated in her protective order file i plan to file a report after work and she didn't want to leave the house and not be able to get back in but she didn't mention his murder conviction on her file, which I assume would have clearly shown he was a danger to women. In August 2016, Faith files for divorce again. 
This time, she didn't change her mind. However, before the divorce was finalised, tragedy struck. Hi everyone, if you don't know already, CrimeCon, the world's number one true crime event, is coming to London June 2021. Get inside the mind of serial killers and psychopaths. Learn from leading criminologists, hear from the families and survivors, meet your favourite true crime podcasters, immerse yourself in forensic evidence and delve deeper into unsolved crimes. CrimeCon is the ultimate true crime weekend partnered by Crime and Investigation. I will be there all weekend, so come and join me and quote Handcuff to receive your special 10% discount. All tickets are COVID-proof, which means your ticket is completely protected. Should CrimeCon UK in June 2021 not be safe to run due to COVID-19, the event will be moved to the 25th and 26th September and your ticket will be transferred automatically to the new dates or refunded in full immediately should you prefer. I hope you're all excited to come and join me in June or September. See you then. 21st September 2016. The police received a call to attend Dearborn Heights where Gregory and Faith lived with their four children. Yes again, Gregory dialed 911, told the police he killed his family and waited on the front porch for the police to arrest him. Tell me that didn't give you goosebumps or make you go, what the fuck? He did the same thing in 1991. Called the police, said he killed his wife and waited for the police with no resistance. On the second fatal night, Gregory took Faith down to the basement to endure a nightmare that would haunt anybody for the rest of their life. Gregory tied Faith to a chair using duct tape and zip ties. He gagged his wife before taking a sharp knife and slashing her face from her ear to the corner of her mouth. Gregory also slashed her throat and shot Faith in the foot, leaving her to bleed out. Yet the ordeal was far from over. Gregory dragged his stepchildren down to the basement and shot and killed Chadney and Kara in front of Faith. I can't imagine the anguish of losing your children and witnessing their death. I wouldn't even try and imagine that pain. I don't think you can, you can, unless you've been through that experience. And my heart instantly broke into pieces when I read that. Gregory took his two young daughters, Koi and Kaylee, out of their beds and placed the girls into the car, which was parked in the garage. He made a makeshift pipe mechanism wrapped with duct tape around the exhaust pipe and locked his baby girls in the car. They died of carbon monoxide asphyxiation. When they passed on, Gregory removed their bodies and placed them back upstairs in their bedroom. Gregory Green had just murdered his whole family for the second time. When the police arrived at the scene, everyone was pronounced dead apart from Faith, who survived and was rushed to hospital. The police found the murders to be quite surprising because the family had just celebrated their daughter's fourth birthday. Decorations were still up in the house and there were reports that the family were hosting picnics during summer. But you never know what happens behind closed doors even if everyone presents themselves as friendly outside. Gregory was arrested and was ordered to undergo another psychiatric evaluation which found him fit to stand trial again. Faith even showed up to the hearing where they announced the evaluation after attending her children's funeral. She attended in a wheelchair wearing all black 
with the hat and veil covering her face. According to reports, prosecutors alleged Gregory planned the attack. The prosecution stated there was evidence showing Gregory bought piping weeks before the murders, which were believed to be the same piping used to poison his two daughters. Gregory confessed to the killings immediately, just like the first one. The difference between the first murder and this one was that Gregory made efforts to show remorse in court. Gregory pleaded guilty on 15 February 2017. During his sentencing hearing, he stated, I'm sorry this happened. God knows the heart. He knows how regretful, how sorry I am. It's not one day that goes by I don't think of my girls. I pray that God be with Chadney and Kara. I feel bad how this has deeply impacted everyone. May God help them, help me, help us all. The question is, how did Gregory get out of prison in the first place? Apparently, there are three members on the parole board and only two signed off for his release during his last parole meeting. So one person definitely had their apprehensions. So how does the system even work? Like, is it majority vote wins? But I think the biggest question, I think many people, including the friends and family of the Harris family and Faith's ex-partner, the father of Chadney and Kara, was, did Faith know about Gregory's past conviction? Because her ex-partner did not, and many of their friends did not. I think it's highly unlikely that she didn't know. Her father had a very close relationship with Gregory. Surely as a man, a pastor, a community leader slash civil rights activist, you would be transparent with your daughter. It's actually not clear who met Gregory first. Was it Faith or was it Pastor Harris? But they were all members of the same church. Like I said, I do think she knew because I can't fathom how her own dad would keep that information a secret and allow his daughter to marry a man who was previously convicted for killing his wife. I believe because they're Christians, maybe they have really big forgiving hearts and were able to look past it. And we do have to note that Gregory presented himself as a reformed man. He didn't get in trouble in prison. He didn't get in trouble outside of prison. I'm sure there's a sense of regrets that Pastor Harris feels for advocating for Gregory's release. And that regret is probably immeasurable. I don't believe he spoke in court because how can you? What can you say? I trusted you. I'm sure Latonia's family said the same thing. But I do want to look at it on the flip side. I don't want to pass judgment or blame because a bond was created between the two men. We don't know what facade Gregory put on when meeting Pastor Harris or when he was dealing with Faith. I want to know, did he have a psychotic break or was it his cunning plan to always hurt his family when he left prison? Or maybe it was the devil, who knows, because this is just crazy. Even though Gregory showed remorse, he was still unable to provide an explanation for the killings. He couldn't articulate why he committed such a violent crime. Faith told the courtroom that her short-term memory was gone. She stated, doctors told her it's her brain protecting her from the memories of seeing her children dying in front of her execution style. She also stated that she was suffering from nightmares and PTSD. 
which in her read her statement, she was so poised and eloquent, strong and brave. I'm not going to lie, my instant thought was black women are always acting strong and brave and I'm tired because I know she was hurting and she probably wanted to dive across that room. But she had to show strength to clearly put her point across. And the same actually goes for any woman in her situation. But what a wow. I'm going to read some extracts from her statement. Faith Green went on to tell Gregory, I will not suffer as you intended. What you did did not work. While I stand here trembling with fear, I put on the bravest face to be in the same room with the man who murdered all four of my children. Two of them violently in front of me with a gun. He killed my other two babies with a hose that run from the tailpipe of his car to where they were innocently sleeping. Sometimes I dream of the night all this happened and wake up screaming, thinking that I could save my children somehow. Then I realise that nightmare is actually reality and my children are really gone and I try to find the strength to start my day somehow. I miss my children so much. Some days I wish I had died. There's a hole in my heart and soul that can never be repaired. This wound will never heal. This wound will never heal. Judge Hathaway told Gregory, fathers are supposed to protect their children, husbands are supposed to protect their wives. Hathaway told him his actions were inconceivable. Gregory Green was sentenced to 47 to 102 years in prison. He won't be eligible for parole until he is 97 years old. And that is the case of convicted murderer Gregory Green. Mind blown. I want to hear your thoughts. Tweet me. Send me a message on Instagram. Because this, this case is just truly crazy to me. Like, I have so many questions for Pastor Harris. I have questions for Faith herself. I have questions for, the like, her previous partner. Like, his children are gone because they were living with a convicted murderer. And she didn't tell him. Like, how do you not tell your previous partner about your new partners past and there's just too many things going on in my head but um you guys let me know your thoughts i'm so glad to be back it's been a very very tough year and we're still in january can you imagine um so you know we'll see how it goes and i'll see you next time